Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an editorial uh, writer in the automotive space for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and East Bay Times. I publish and edit the website, theweeklydriver.com. My friend and colleague is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have on uh, a, a guy I've known but not really known for many years. It's uh, Stephen Johnson, and um, he, Steve, is, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you, you have many titles, but if it's okay, should I call you a futurist, or what would, what would be your preferred title, sir? Uh, and welcome to our show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Um, that was a title I actually had at one point, uh, nine years I worked at Honda in Southern California, so... Our group, we were all called futurists, future thinkers. Yeah, F- future thinkers. What is that? With all the things that you do uh, with your creativity in the illustrative world, what what do you like to be called? Because you have you do multiple things. Author, um, inventor, cartoon, inventor hyphen cartoonist. Fa- fantastic. Well, well, since we have an automotive podcast, uh, I would like to start in the automotive world. Um, Steve and I, uh, as I mentioned, worked together at the Sacramento Bee for a number of years. He illustrated some articles that I did, and I'll start off with this one, and it's, it doesn't really involve what he's doing now, but the reason I have this um, uh, uh, fondness and appreciation for what Steve does is many, many years ago, I wrote a story on gambler's buses, and you would take a gambler's bus from the Sacramento area, and you could go to South Lake Shore, Tahoe, and they'd pretty much pay you to take the bus and you could go on the gambler's bus and come back later in the day. And Steve's uh, illustration of this in the, in the Sacramento Bee was a picture of the gambler's buses actually sitting on the gambler's stools at the table with, with arms playing, playing the, playing poker. So it was, you know, hilariously that the words were just kind of the side issue of this beautiful illustration that you had done. And, and then taking that through the years to modern day, you have all of this wonderful series of futuristic um, images and cartoons and drawings and thoughts about the future of cars. So could you take us through that, if you would, the start of how you got involved in, in the automobile space and how that's um, taken you through the years among the many other things that you do? Right. Um I was uh, when I was 36. I had an opportunity to become a editorial cartoonist for Sierra Magazine. Yes, and that was in 1973. In '74, an editor said, "We'd like you to do a 16-image, four-page four spread about the future of RV RVs." Yes. So um, what happened was that I had never invented anything per se, although cartoonists tend to be inventive, but uh, I got uh, going, and uh, I spent a weekend and, and drew 109 uh, images, ideas. So Fantastic. I thought, wow, this is like a latent um, desire, ability, whatever, that I'd, I'd never been an inventor of anything before. So, that, that, uh, the, so I got into doing, uh, like, whimsical, peculiar... Uh, unth- not thought of uh, objects, N- not just vehicles, but that one happened to be uh, happened to start me off doing vehicles, actually. And so, from that first uh, series that you did, uh, I think I read a little bit about it. The magazine, from its original name when you worked for it, became Sierra, I believe. 
And what was the reaction to that um, series of ideas that you had that you, you mentioned the word latent? So did that quickly blossom into something else or did it take a while? And, and what was the transition there? It uh, quickly blossomed. The, the article itself went out on AP wire services all over the country. And so this was like a cartoonist dream of this kind of opportunity. Suddenly, uh, this uh, this is around the same time. No, this is before Gary Larson, but um, cartoonists seek this kind of uh, promotion. Yes. So it happened, and um, almost immediately I started getting involved in uh, creating uh, f- fake products, think- thinking up things that look real but aren't. And sometimes it would have uh, either an awkwardness or a... Uh, peculiarity that would amuse me and uh, that that became a kind of a theme your creativity steve is is pretty awesome Thank uh, you. I, I admire how you uh you know the intricacy of your drawings and they're well, they're well thought out these are not little napkin sketches by any means correct um, they're, they're all made to seem like they're uh almost like a draftsman or uh catalog drawing a real object Right, and the, the you always put people in them, too, so it's like people using whatever the device or whimsical idea that you came up with, yes. so it's, it's, and it's colorful, too, you have a lot of, they're colored sketches, they're not just like line black and white drawings, so they, they really bring to life your, some, some are wacky ideas, I'd say, and others more mainstream, and it's a very interesting work. The color, to just to refer to that, um, I'm... I'll be 82 this year. The coloring started around uh, age 79. I taught myself uh, Adobe Photoshop and uh, Adobe InDesign, so I started making my own books. So I found a kind of a, uh, a love of color that I'd never, I'd never went to art school. I didn't really know, and so that's something that's happened in the last decade. You, you paint like, say, some of the vehicles look like AMC Pacers. You, you try to make the, <laughs> yeah, the vehicle I'm, as wacky as, as some of the ideas and what people are doing in those vehicles. Yeah, I, drew, I created lots of AMC pacers uh, in the day. Uh, I've got a lot of them I have to color. I'm working on a book right now for um, a publisher in China, and they want me to color everything. So it's, it's kind of an odd opportunity for me to color um, things that I drew 40 years ago. That's like color eyes, I guess is the word they, that's, they use. Yeah, that's, Ta- a good, that's better, sure. yeah, color eyes. And you're doing it electronically with, with, with Adobe or something, then, huh? Yeah, what I do is uh, I draw, I still draw by hand. Uh, however, I can sometimes add a straight line using the computer in Photoshop, but I draw by hand, scan my work, uh, take the scanned image into Adobe Photoshop, and then add color using the simplest tool they have, which is called the paint bucket. Oh yes, um, <laughs> so that, the, that works the, for me. I've seen that. I, I'm not a uh, creative in that way. I can't do much more than a stick man. But I I have heard others um, use that phrase and mm-hmm. and um, married to an artist. So I'm I'm a little bit familiar with sure. with that use. Um, what we've done, Steve, is we've picked out of the thousands of things that you've done through the years, we've picked out five in the automotive world to go over. Sure. But but before I do that, and and I'll Bruce has it on his um, his reader that we're going to go through one at a time. But 
what I thought I would find out in, in the journalistic world, just an opinion. It's a little bit off topic here, but yeah. we, we both know that the world of what you do um, in the big picture of journalism, there are probably aren't, I'm guessing, maybe 20 editorial cartoonists left in the country, something like that. Mm-hmm. Are there anybody, is there anybody that, uh, it, uh, that you're aware of who's on staff of a publication that gets to do the use, other than being, you know, talking about politics and so forth, an illustrator or a cartoonist that gets to illustrate text anymore in, in the country um, that you're aware of? It's a good question. I actually have a friend who works in the art department for the L.A. Times, and he and I got to know each other at the Sacramento Bee newspaper years mm-hmm. ago. He was my boss for a while. He uh, he he can't, by the rules of the newspaper, he can't do political cartoons on the side, even though he is an expert at that. So it's a little uh, stressful for him, but uh, he's done some secretly, and I've posted them on my Facebook page secretly of his work. and it's uh, Fantastic. Yeah, so... It, it happens. There, uh, but exactly like you said, the number of cartoonists, uh, for some reason, even even the L.A. Times now has no uh, political cartoonist. It's just an era that's, or it's cheaper to not have one, especially if you have a chain of newspapers, uh, then you can have one and share it all the way around. How about in the and, and quickly? How about in the magazine world? I know as a subscriber to the New Yorker for many years, they they still write, they still print fiction in, in a, a weekly news magazine, and they still have a, many many cartoons that are uh, some of them are political, some are humorous. Um, is that a market for someone in your occupation still? And and do you ever approach um, magazines, mainstream magazines? Yeah, well, that's two questions. Yeah, it's yes. a market and. Uh... It's a sought-after market. New Yorkers like the uh, apex of the world of cartoonist aspirations. Yes. So the ones who land there uh, are very happy, and they. uh, I know I know some of them personally, um, but myself, um, I've done some, but I haven't actually done any since two thousand twelve. A long time ago. Yeah. Yes. it's uh, the mar- the mar- the market itself itself has shrunk somewhat. Um, also, there's like uh, opportunities come up for younger generation. They take the opportunities. They have perhaps uh, newer themes or things on their mind. So it's just a natural process that a lot of uh, sometimes even well-known artists are. Um, uh, sort of set aside and forgotten. There's one exception, however. Yes. Uh, Bruce McCall. Oh yes. Is uh, known for doing retro future inventions that are drawings, illustrations. He was born in 1935 in Canada, so he's getting on there. But he does uh, car- c- cartoonish retro future covers for the New Yorker uh, still quite often, and so I, I really enjoy watching him uh, succeed, continue in his uh, mid-80s. Well, thanks for that. Yes, there's a few names that I like as well. But over to you, uh, Bruce has his his reader in front of him. And so um, he's. we've got, as I mentioned, we have, we picked out five. Sure. And Bruce, I'll let you carry this one. What is the first one you have on your list? And, and help us through these, if you, if you will, Steve. Well, the one I'm showing, Steve, is the... Uh, um, 
a vehicle for self-improvement, and you have a section of various cars, and the one I'm looking at is the uh, early model pedal car. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. I'm look- yeah. It's, it's a drawing I did a long, fairly long time ago. Uh, the range of work that I've done is from um, pseudo-practical to absurd. Now, this is an absurd category because I have a person actually the the hood's been removed a bicycle-like contraption is inside where the engine would be and he's pedaling so he's trying to move a very heavy object and it's uh it's just basically absurd (laughs) well well, it looks like he's got a on his handlebars he has a working uh, rear view mirror and a and a squeeze horn yeah yeah right (laughs) so it is well thought out it's well yeah and 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 just to before we go further you're the sense of humor that you prevent, uh, that you present, excuse me, uh, in some of the cartoons, it you use the word absurd, wacky, whimsical, yeah. all those wonderful words, and yet there's this underlying, uh, the close for me at least, the closer you look at what you produce, the more you find subtleties and senses, uh, sense of humor and and words that you use that you might not see on a map, for example, or on a car. There, it's just this wonderful. I guess the old-time word would be dry sense of humor, but when it hits you, it hits you, and I just bust yeah. up laughing. So I hope that everybody mentions that they appreciate your, your sense of humor and your work. Yeah, yeah. I uh, thank you for saying that. Um, I actually, uh, there's uh, left brain, right brain people. I'm kind of a mix. I, my BA is in journalism from UC Berkeley. Yes. So, uh, and I did not go to art school, so this is sort of a... Um, a means that I developed uh, of being a cartoonist, and uh, I mostly started out trying to create inventions. I would think of an absurd invention or an odd one that might work. People might be uh, want to buy it even, uh, but I, knowing that it doesn't work, <laughs> and, and then I would thank you I would for that. Draw it very. Are you welcome? Draw it, <laughs> draw it very carefully. So that it looks like something that, well, hmm, that looks, it, you know, it's, like you say, there's a little bit of a double Makes take. you ponder, yep. Makes yeah. you ponder. There's another one here, uh, another self-improvement uh, vehicle is the yoga-mobile. Yes, so the yoga-mobile. there's no place to put your legs. You, you sit yoga-style, and yes. you have hand controls like a motorcycle, yes. you know, because you don't have your feet are curled up. You can't use them for hitting the brakes, so you, you got hand controls. Yeah, I I had an editor friend um, years ago who had uh, polio. He he went to Stanford, then he got polio, and then his whole life changed. So he I was he would drive me around in his Mercedes that had been converted to not have to use your legs. So his brakes uh, accelerated. Everything was up on a kind of a handlebar level, steering wheel included. So this, Fantastic. this image shows uh, people uh, chanting and meditating with incense burning inside a specially designed vehicle. They've got seat belts, but uh, and the driver is actually con- using just hand controls with sitting cross-legged. That's great. <laughs> That's great. This is might be a good time to interject this um, thought that I had, and yeah. I'm not trying to compare you to Stanley Kubrick or anything like that, but. 
some of the old movies, the 2001 comes to mind, where those things were futuristic. I've used that word a few times. Sure. Um, and things in 2001 Space Odyssey have come to fruition. So oh, yeah. um, have you had things, I'm sure you have, uh, that um, that were, let's say, didn't work or were impossible, and but now have come to pass in, in the automotive world and some of your, your creations? And then what, what a great pleasure that must be if it happens. Yeah, um, there was an article in uh, New York Magazine. Uh, of course, naturally, I remember it. Uh, that it yes. was uh, November 2016, which said this cartoonist... Uh, predicted the future about me. So they showed how Google Glass I had anticipated in 1992 in a drawing, uh, how uh, backpacks for children with uh, Kevlar lining. Yes. Very sad, sad thing. I had predicted that in 1991. And the actual product came out in 2013. Um, the list is fairly large, and uh, what happened? What would happen is that I would just have no obligation, deadline, boss, anything. So I, I, could, I was quite free to create ideas of, or to project uh, ideas of something that might come in the future. Uh, if you, perhaps there'd be like one, one part of a technology you could see was still missing, but otherwise that it, that would be a result in the future. When when that happens, Steve, um, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but um, is there some, I don't know what other word to use, there's some, is it an ego stroke? Is it something else that, um, you, you, you're, are, you are a futurist, and this, some of these things have come to pass. How do you feel about that? Um, well, the question that's more usually asked is, do I get angry or you know, uh, feel desire to shout to the to everyone that I invented such and such. And the odd thing is I don't. It's more yes. like uh, it's sort of a byproduct of what I've done. And uh, the, the, the mysterious thing for me is that I really like to work fast. I like to get ideas. I like to draw them fast. And a product typically that is made is, is something that's uh, worked on forever with groups, focus groups, engineering, law, uh, filing for you know patents, everything. That's exactly what I'm not good at. So I just move fast from one idea to the next. Okay, I see. Steve, you really you really hit on something good, uh, especially this day and age when there's so much traffic and gridlock. You've got a be, uh, automobile abandonment zones. Yes. Yeah, we we lived in uh, the L.A. area for 18 years, so this is a kind of a horror show. Although many cities now, of course, have uh, almost part of the day the, the freeways are jammed, but this shows um, vehicles pull over, a specially designed place where vehicles can pull over and just you just leave the car. Uh, off to the side and you get on a light rail or something or have a drink in a bar. Uh, that sounds good. Well, yeah, no, the bar doesn't sound good, actually. <laughs> you're right. I, you're, uh, after I said it, I thought, boy, that's stupid. Yeah, that's but, all right. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, it's, uh, it's a kind of an absurdity. It's an f- absurd thing where you draw a lot of detail uh, and 
it's just a joke. So I had fun drawing an entire jammed freeway uh, with cars pulled over, and uh, it's a lot of work just just to get one laugh. You have a lot. You have a, a jammed freeway both directions, yep. and then a, like a, a an own special off ramp with a, a labeled abandonment. Yeah, uh, wreck wreck zone, and, and <laughs> right. you just pull off there and leave them. That's right. right. I, lo- I love that. <laughs> well, that's that's yeah, that's a different drawing. There are two drawings on that page. Yes, yes. That one that one shows that the a sort of a um, hierarchy of damage, such that there's a lane, there's then there's fender benders, then there's a lane where you just drive off and be, it'd be go directly to a wrecking yard. That 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 drawing. Uh, also, yeah. And then you could call in, in this modern day. I know that you had this years ago. You could call the Uber or Lyft, and you'd be okay. You could get yeah, get, yeah. get another vehicle to take it take you wherever you wanted to go. The other one I think that's actually come to pass on some level is mm-hmm. the um, you have one that has a, a toaster oven where you can open up the glove box and you can you know toast a bagel or yeah. make pancakes or whatever you want to do. And that one I think there's some very high, um, maybe not exactly this way, but there are some. Higher end cars that now have coolers and heaters in in the in the console, and there's a, a Bentley has a champagne flute in the back. So we're getting pretty yeah. close, if not another car that you might know about that that has a toaster oven. That maybe there is one. Yeah, the, the it's an example of um, some of the humor of my work has is has to do with uh, absurdity or awkwardness. Now awkwardness here, so is involved with how I'm amused by the idea that you're having a an item that's greasy with butter or cheese, whatever, and you're driving with... So I've added a set of gloves. Yes. The driver has gloves. <laughs> and uh, so it's... And then also driver distraction issues. So that's why I, I amuse myself by drawing this thing where you're grabbing something that's so hot you'll burn your fingers and trying to keep your eye on the road. Uh, but like you say, I've noticed uh, some uh, actual vehicle manufacturers creating high-end vehicles that have some of these things. Yes. I, I see, too, in your illustration, you have steer with your feet while you eat. <laughs> and then it, it says, yeah. a, teeter, a teeter-totter steering pedal is used when one needs hands-free, such as for eating ice cream. Y- uh, see, yeah. This is great. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I drive, I brake with my left foot. Uh, I, my family thinks it's kind of crazy, but actually I think it's logical. I'm thinking they're probably pretty used to this by now. The race car drivers. The crazy part. The race car drivers do that. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But anyway, then there's, I've always speculated about a kind of a teeter totter combination of gas pedal and brake push. And it's it's one of these ideas that has a kind of a theoretical, uh, makes sense, but, um, there, there are practical issues with it uh, that uh, there are lots of reasons why it's not been done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to put it that way. The last one on the list, and this is just, we've just sure. picked five and there are so many, but is the uh, steam bath for commuters while they're, while they're uh, you're in with your family or by yourself, I guess, and you could uh, relax and so forth, but also you're, you're driving. So what's the steam bath for commuters all about? Well, it's just uh, a lot of my work has been combination inventions. So this, yes. I get the idea, okay, this is a van. This is a van that can carry boxes and, uh, you know, shipping items. 
but also you take those things out and then it has an enclosed it has a water system it has uh, it can cause steam so and so you can have friends or your whatever uh, sitting there having a steam bath uh, kind of an odd recreational benefit um, and and I then of course I had to design a shower to fit in there also so I create my own problems sometimes by yes. just to get in a quick design idea and then I have to pretend that it all works and then work it all out so, yeah. uh, Steve with the current things you're up to number one um, this is just a question, in, again, in the journalistic world. You're yeah. soon to be 82 years old. Yes. Uh, I'm 65. Bruce is 64, I believe. Um, we've, we've all noticed, and I'm sure other people in all different kinds of occupations notice as we uh, hit our 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. in your case, 80s. What, what is, if you don't mind me asking, what is your energy level like? How do, how do you, you seem to be so prolific? What, um, can you take me through your career? Are you, do you do these things as quickly as you used to? And how do the ideas, are they still rapidly coming uh, to you all the time? Uh, yeah, all, the ideas come as rapidly. The uh, drawing hand is just very slightly less, well, no, it's actually pretty good still. Uh, in other words, I can still draw uh, ellipses, curved lines, straight lines, and... Uh, with no trouble. I do take naps now. <laughs> well, I'm in that club. I'm in that club, sir. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. And I was going to say now with your current projects, you mentioned um, in an exchange of emails we had, um, yes. you have um, something going on with a, a publisher in China. Um, yes. What is the background of that? And, and um, when, when will it be published, if you know? And take us through what kind of a project that is with, with a, a big, I'm sure, a huge market in China. Yeah, I think to myself a joke of like the word slow boat to China. Yes. Because uh, I was doing these various kinds of invention cartoons beginning in the 1970s. Some of them reached China, literally, after Mao and all these uh, communist issues, overthrow, uh, poverty, people dying. Now there's a kind of a prosperity in China, and uh, so the Internet has arrived, and so that means my artworks arrived, you know, decades after I did it. So the other part of it is that I got involved in something called the Maker Fair. Yes. And uh, the, the, big, the biggest one was in San Mateo. I had a booth there for eight years, eight or nine years, <clears throat> but... Um, one of the people there had connection was from China, so he got me invi- invited twice to uh, give speech and have a booth of my books. I've got ten books out, ten books on Amazon uh, on my work, and uh, I had no idea what they they couldn't read, read what I was selling. They just wanted they wanted my books anyway, and I yes. gave a lecture also there. But these this book. These two books, I'm working on the second, which is on vehicles, uh, will have Chinese, uh, this is called Simplified Chinese Captions, which is the version that can be read by in people in mainland China. Most, most Chinese around the world who read Chinese uh, can read, will read. So it'll have those captions. 
Are they similar artwork as what we're seeing? Well, yeah. I mean, what's Whimsical? happened is the editor said, oh, you know, uh, can't you color everything? So it's, it's sort of an odd opportunity I have had uh, since last July, actually, to color work that had always been black and white. So oh, okay. one after the other, um, my work is all getting in color. I can sort of thank them because they're paying me. So I'm thanking them for doing something that I would not necessarily have had the energy or desire to do later, but now I uh, end up. And then supposedly the books were to be published this year, 2020, but, you know, it's uh, coronavirus. They're having to work from home and everything. So I'm not counting on anything yet as to when they're going to be, um, you know, publishing well, your your pictures are funny, and I think the descriptions and you know the text that goes with them it, it adds to them. They are funny. Steve, yeah. I, I'm go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's just uh, yeah. There's some. There's a lot of that. I think about it a lot. I think what what would a person in China, who the, the people in China China increasingly, of course, uh, see the internet at least. Well, there are parts of the internet they don't see. Yes, but. Uh, it's, you know, these are highly sophisticated population. There's, it's actually the biggest reader of English in the world. The biggest country, the country with the most readers of English is China. Wow. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so it's actually a market. Um, this publisher in Beijing has a connection with 400 bookstores uh, <clears throat> in China. So it's... Uh, and I, I got the opportunity sort of as a side product of being involved with Chinese uh, Maker Fair in China twice and the people involved in that. That's fantastic. Well, don't let them censor you. I, this is a... Keep stay true. An odd twist. An odd twist that sometimes U.S. authors have their uh, works uh, translated to many other, you know, foreign country, foreign languages. Pardon me. So now this this might work in reverse. You're, this is going to be in Chinese. Would right. the Chinese, simple Chinese, be translated into English? Well, uh, yeah, but that usually is the source of humor. How you get you end up with a funny lost in translation. Lost in translation. Yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, yeah, and the Chinese, of course, have a reputation for making. Uh, Ludicrous uh, product manuals, almost not understandable. But so I'm hoping, but I'm, I'm told this this particular publisher has a good reputation. We 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 know from our automotive, uh, following the automotive world, yeah. that um, the Chinese uh, vehicle manufacturers with autonomous driving and all the different uh, yeah. things that are on the horizon, that there are. I don't know, more than 100, I think, electric vehicle manufacturers in China that wow. maybe some of those vehicles will you know, find their way here. But um, we talked to a man yesterday that's um, involved in the Silicon, uh, last week, excuse me, involved yeah. in the Silicon Valley. And yes. that's the hub. Uh, but he said number two hub and maybe a bigger hub is, is in China for all these things that are going on in the world of the automotive space, just changing you know, almost daily. Yes, I was in uh, 2018. I was in Shenzhen. It's in the south area. You can see Hong Kong from parts part of Shenzhen. It's it's just shocking. It's the, it's like endless skyscrapers. You drive an hour and you're still in within skyscrapers. And so there's an enormous amount of money there, prosperity. They're like 
they're it's an energetic people of course and uh so they're doing so much they're uh every day innovating making products uh competing like that I guess it would be a good time, Steve, if, if so I don't do it incorrectly. Would you take us through the various ways that people can find your work, whether it's Amazon or your site or other sources that we want to tell our listeners you know, sure. to, to discover you if they haven't already, if you don't mind me saying it that way? Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Um, my website is www.patentdepending.com. It's two words jammed together, patent depending. It's a joke. Yes. Uh, because, yeah. Um, the other, and I, uh, I, you know, I people can purchase through my website. The other thing mainly is that all these books, uh, Stephen M. Middle initial M. Johnson, yes. um, are on are on Amazon, so anyone can uh, buy them. Also, I should mention that I do since 2012. I've done what's called print-on-demand. Yes. Is, that is to say, I create books. I taught myself Adobe Photoshop, Adobe InDesign, and create a PDF. They take the PDF and print books on demand. That is, there's no warehousing of books. So Amazon has sells a book and makes it right then. I see. It doesn't exist until it's made. So <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, print on print on demand. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. So it's yeah, print on demand. The POD is a whole new technology I got involved with, and it works for me because they charge me nothing. It's, uh, they used to have something called Vanity Press. Yes. They probably do, still do, where you you desire to have your work, your thoughts, your great inspirations published, and you pay them money. This you pay nothing. Zero. Fantastic. Yeah, it is. Well, we, we want to thank uh, on the Weekly Driver Podcast the special guest today. It's I hope that we can meet. You live in Carmichael, California. Uh, Correct. Both Bruce and I respectively live in, in Sacramento, so maybe there's a time we could meet in person. I'll contact you to see if it works. We have a cup of coffee, or it would be great to talk shop again and just to, to meet you from, I don't know, 35 years since the last time I met you. It would be great. So if yeah. you're open to that, I'll, I'll contact you. It would be fun. Absolutely. We could talk about my... Uh, the 1929 Model A Ford with the rumble seat that I had in high school. We could, oh, talk, <laughs> we could talk about a lot of things. That would that would be fantastic. Yeah, well, thank great. you, thank you, Steve, for being our guest on the Weekly Driver podcast. Please visit our website, theweeklydriver.com. Please visit Steve's website that he mentioned earlier. And um, thanks again for for being our guest. We really thank appreciate you, Steve. it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it also. Thank you. Take care now. Bye bye. <laughs>